ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Hey guys, welcome to Tap Tuesday, brought to you by Titanium Archery Products. Dedicated archers deserve truly elite products that provide all of the performance attributes that they demand, and that's exactly what Tap delivers. This week, I sit down with Matthew and Mark of Mountain Ambush. We get into mentorship, conservation, balancing time, a little elk hunting, and learn a little bit more about the guys behind the brand. Enjoy the episode. So we're on with Matthew and Mark of Mountain Ambush. Gentlemen, good evening, and thank you for sitting down with me. I appreciate it greatly. How are we doing? Oh, thank, you. thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So why don't we get things situated and kind of get a check there, and Matthew talk a little bit and give us a little bit of an intro so folks can get uh, used to who they're hearing, and then Mark, you just follow him, and then, uh, yeah, we'll get to rambling, boys. Sounds good. Well, my name is Matthew and, uh, you know, we just, Mark and I just kind of got together as good friends and, you know, we both have a passion for the outdoors. And so here, here we are, you, uh, you hit us up and I think we're still scratching our heads wide, but you know, it's, 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 it's all fun, man. We appreciate you, uh, you having us here. It's should be a good episode. Yep. That's, that's why we're in it. I mean, we're in it to have fun and, and um see what it takes us so good deal so why don't you guys give us a little bit about your uh your hunting and your outdoor life and uh talk about what uh trips you trigger out in the woods i'll let you fight over who's going <laughs> well mark could probably go for all right quite some time but I'll, I'll let you start and mine's probably a little bit more brief than his yeah so hunting i mean really my I grew up in hunting, so <clears throat> my aunts, uncles, parents, brothers, um, ever since I can remember. So uh, probably two years old, putting raw meat in my mouth because 
parents were cutting meat at the table every October. So um, I really don't know anything different <clears throat> than the hunting lifestyle. So, um, yeah, that's that's about it. I mean, what like was my things? trigger? I mean, I grew up, I remember, uh, I have a vivid memory when I was six years old and my dad was bugling a, a bull in and it was rifle season. And he drug me through a bee's nest and I got stung several times in the, in the head and the ear. And I remember him saying, you can't cry. You can't <laughs> cry. <laughs> so here I was trying not to cry. I had several of them in, in my left ear, I can remember. And he bugled that bull and shot it at 15 yards. So, um, but, you know, I remember that like it was yesterday. And I was six years old. So He I let you cry 30. after he arrowed it? And no, I forgot about it after that. Yeah, it was it was rifle season, so he shot it. I mean, dropped it at 15 yards. Um, you know, there we were. I forgot about the bee stings after that. So you're up. So yeah, I'm sorry. Well, yeah. Now go for it. Well, so for me, um, you know, really, I did not start hunting until I was 21, 22 years old. So I'm only about 12 years, 12 years deep on hunting, and. uh and it was never that, you know, just nobody in my family ever hunted. We were always, you know, we loved the outdoors, but nobody ever did it. And so, you know, my experience, a lot of it comes from being in the back country. My dad had my brother and I in the back country, you know, as soon as we could put a pack on our back and going as deep as we could up on Mount Adams wilderness and just enjoying the outdoors. Um, so when I got older, I was in the military and kind of, you know, back home and said, why, why am I not hunting? So went through hunter safety. I think I was 22 years old and 21, 22 years old and past that went out my first year and by myself up on the mountain and shot my first bull. And, uh, it was just kind of, that feeling is un unforgettable. And, uh, so that same year shot my first blacktail buck. And then the following year did the same thing with a rifle. And, you know, and I would say it's probably 98% luck, 2%, you know, being in the outdoors, but, uh, I just, I fell in love with it. And so in the following year, I said, you know what, let's see what this archery stuff's all about. And I think I watched an old Will Primos video and listening to Bull's Bugle. And I was like, you know what, let's try it out. I remember hearing that first bugle, uh, you know, that bull cut me off from my old Terminator bugle that I was still trying to learn how to, to blow through. And when that, when that happened right there at that moment, that was, Hook, line and there, was no, there, there was no taking it away. I right, right then and there, that was, I just, I remember being on the hillside, just, I was, I was frozen. I, you know, I couldn't, couldn't bugle back. I couldn't even, I didn't know what to do. So that right there kind of just sparked that fire. And it's, I think it's, you know, it's raging even more now than it was then, but just that's, that's what trips my trigger is that back country. It's there's, there's nothing that beats it. That's awesome. So how did the 2018 season go for you guys? You want to go? <laughs> Rough. <laughs> you know, 2018 season for me, it was, I had a lot of fun. I put a big emphasis on trying to get my wife to tag out on her first archery bowl. And I tell you what, the last three years, she is a go-getter. And if it wasn't for bad luck, she wouldn't have any luck at all. I think you, shoot Mark, you were there two years ago in that seven point. She's, she's, she's had more bowls under 20 yards in the last three years with no shots. But one thing is she's, she's could have taken some, some quartering shots and everything else. And, and I tell you what, she can drive tax at 50 yards, but 
that girl when she she won't take a shot that she doesn't uh, believe she can make 110 percent and so i gotta give her credit for that but she's uh it's it's fun watching her facial expressions with that bull scream in her face and and you know and and not giving up so you know it all comes rough but 2018 season started there um i had my highs and lows it you know we i got into some bowls and i actually had an arrow deflection on a on a good one and you know it was it's rough but you just got to keep charging on so the highlight of my 2018 season though was my daughter she she was 11 and she shot her first buck this year and that right there hands down the best thing i've ever been a part of you know and i was i was nervous because she's never killed anything and she's uh you know she can be a little girly girl but she loves the outdoors but man when she pulled that trigger and i i had it on i had it on video i was just taking it with my cell phone and when she walked up on it she looked at me and she said what what can we get a tag for now you know she she had that running through her veins which you know you you never you're never sure of and uh so it was that was that was a highlight of my hunting career actually i it was it was special that's awesome yeah there's so, not much better than watching your uh watching your kids man no no and, wow yeah and then so i finished up my my 2018 season on a washington rifle elk hunt and it had been the first first time i picked one in 10 years um so and people it was it was it was kind of cool kind of funny but people were going why as an idaho resident are you coming over here to washington on elk and it was fun being able to look them in the face and say you know what an elk tag is an elk tag it doesn't matter what state you're in <laughs> if you have an elk tag, if you have an elk tag in your hand you should have a smile on your face you know what i mean yep that's right and so I went over there and just days before I actually listened to a podcast with, with both of our buddies, old Jay, met Jonathan. And, uh, and he was talking about just everything being a win, being outside. You know what? That's a win. Be positive. I went over there and, uh, and it's, it's no secret. Washington's not very good hunting. It's, it's rough. And, uh, a lot of people, but I've, I've never had more peace and solitude on an elk hunt. When I went over there, I enjoyed myself. I could have cared less if I had a rifle with me. I seen some elk. It was fun, but man, it was, it was enjoyable just to be out in the woods. So 2018 season overall, man, and it was, it was success. I mean, you just, just having your kid put one down is, you know, that's all you could ask for. Yeah, so. that's enough in it, man. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, looking forward to 19 being, being even better. Yeah. Mine was kind of the same. I have a 13 year old son who last year was 12 <clears throat> And uh, he, he took a bull when he was 11 with his rifle. So last year was his first year archery hunting. And he practiced all year, got to where he could pull over the 50 pounds. Um, and we were really, <clears throat> I was really, you know, driving home the ethics, the ethical shot. It's 20 yards or less broadside. I mean, he had that drilled into his head and he holds his cool extremely well when the elk come in. So we called in three bulls the first weekend, all under 10 yards, and they come in frontal. And he got full draw on all of them to the point where his bow's starting to shake. And I'm just telling you, you got to let down. You got to let down. And uh, so it was frustrating for him. But at the same time, at the end of the season, he looks back and goes, man, I learned so much. And uh, I said, you know, I wouldn't want it any other way. I wouldn't have wanted the first one to come in, turn broadside. You make a perfect shot and think this is easy because it's not. And the fact that he held it together, 
you know, knew that it wasn't the shot that he was supposed to take. Um, we don't want to wound him. And he's shooting, like I said, 50 pounds, lighter arrows. I mean, you know, we wanted to take a, you know, a foolproof shot. So, <clears throat> you know, so proud of him. He learned so much. And then I had a rifle tag since I was taking him archery on. I think I got five days, five days to rifle hunt this year. Didn't stop raining on you once. <laughs> it did. I actually passed on, passed on three bulls. Um, one small six and a couple five points. Um, just the six point was, I was six hours from my truck. I had blown my Achilles last year. My leg was sore. It was actually a warm first week. I didn't really want to have to pack for 24 hours straight to get this thing off the mountain, you know, and, and, you know, risk losing it. So I didn't shoot it. I, I took pictures, nice pictures with the cell phone. Um, to prove that I actually did see one. So <laughs> let, me, let me cut you off just, just real quick guys. So at no point, I mean, so Mark, we got that picture on Instagram and no, you know, people say, well, why wouldn't you take that shot? You know, are you, are you trophy hunters? It, Mark and I are trophy hunters. We our tags notch when we get out in the mountains. You know what, you know what I mean? That's, that's the ultimate goal. Do we want to shoot the biggest, oldest, nastiest warrior on the mountain. That's what we go out to do. Mark has more patience than me. I get a screaming bull in my face and I lose my cool. But, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're not out there for the fame and the glory of shooting a big, giant bull. We're out there to beat, you know, to, to challenge that old warrior. So, I just I want to clear that up because, I mean, in no, in no way is Mark passing that bull because, you know, but I mean, yeah. that, that's the right call in that instance, right? I mean, if you're questioning your ability to get it out, you know, whether it's the heat or, or the physicality, um, that's the right call, period, right? If you're worried about the yeah. meat spoiling for that pack out, how can anybody even, you know what I mean? That, that makes me question what his thought process or whoever, you know, whoever said that their thought process in that. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, as, I mean, the circumstances were I was a long ways from the truck. This bull was actually bugling. So, you know, I kept going, you know, while I was I there, he was bugling. So I kept going. I was six hours from the truck when I when I finally got to see him. I had him at 100 yards, you know. It was rifle season. So I took the cell phone out, took a lot of pictures of him and, and walked away. So, but that was that was a really cool hunt. And then I ended up eating my elk tag. I did pass on a couple other five points um, later on. I had a little more time at the end of season, and then it just turned out. The weather turned out horrible. <clears throat> so my daughter had a mule deer tag, so I took her on that mule deer hunt, which she killed a phenomenal buck two years ago. She had the same tag. This year, she ate that tag. She passed on a few younger deer um, and just didn't end up getting – finding the one that she wanted and the shot she wanted to take. And we ended up with, uh, kind of like Matthew, my 13 year old boy or 12 year old at the time shot his first white tail buck too. We rattled it into like 30 yards and, and, uh, he smacked us. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. I remember, I remember seeing the pictures of that book. Yeah. And yeah, that's right. He had an antelope tag too. So the first, uh, first week of October, we went down on Southern Idaho on a, on an antelope hunt and, that lasted all of about two hours, <laughs> but that was awesome. That was, you know, I've never had an antelope tag and that's the first antelope hunt I've, I've ever been on. So I didn't know what to expect, but one thing I will say is it'd be nice to have three or four tags and a bunch of buddies when you go on one of those. Cause, um, 
most of those hunts are pretty good and you can finish them pretty quick if you want to. So both of you guys said something and it just made me think, right? Matthew, you said, you know, your wife isn't going to take a shot that she's not a hundred percent comfortable with. And then Mark, you were saying that your son, you know, walked away from that a little frustrated, but the light came on and then hearing somebody questioning the fact that you didn't take a shot on a bull that you had, you know, within range. What do you think that is, man? I think a little bit of that is, I don't want to say desperation, but that macho thing, or, you know, I got to shoot this bull no matter what, or, or this deer, whatever it is, right. We'll take chances that we shouldn't be taking out there. Um, I, I'm not sure why we do that as men, right. Cause you get, you get a bull come in frontal, um, and a guy may not even know how to place that frontal shot, right? That window is, is fairly small, even, even with, you know, good shot confidence, not knowing that anatomy, a guy might take that. Whereas, you know, your wife is saying, Hey, I'm not doing, you know, I'm not taking that shot. What do you, what do you think leads us down that road, man? I, I think it, <clears throat> you know, and, and to, to each and everyone their own, there's a lot of guys that do take the frontal shots. I do fully believe in the frontal shots have had excellent success with the frontal shots. Um, personally, I don't take the frontal shots. I've had some huge bulls come in 15 yards frontal and that I've just let down on, um, thinking that they would turn broadside, but you know, most of the time in my experience, when I've had those frontal shots with a little bit of patience, that same bull will turn broadside and give me the shot that I want. So, um, you know, like I said, teach and everyone their own. I, I personally don't take them, but I know a lot of people that do have success with them. <clears throat> but that's just my my ethics and my my standards. So and, and here's the deal, like Mark and I are best friends and business partners and, and the whole nine yards. I do take that shot. I do know the anatomy of an elk. And when I tell people, I said, you do not take that shot unless you can shoot a golf ball at 20 yards. Do not take that shot unless you know where that opening is. Do not take that shot. And so, and I've killed three bulls, but like Mark said, if you're patient, you wait a little bit. Those three shots that I took frontal were under five yards and they're just going to walk into me if I did. I mean, so, I mean, there's, and the thing is, I, I know Mark will never take that shot. And, uh, but you know what? That's, that's him. And I'll never question that because you know what? You got to be comfortable in it. And when you say, you know, some people I think jump the gun, I think a big, I, I think the leading factor for that is today's, you know, who's, who's shooting, who's shooting the bull and who's not. It shouldn't be about that. It's, there's a lot of pressure on hunters, you know, and a lot of it's social media and everything else. And it's like, you know what? I spent three grand on this gear this year. I better, I better kill something. And then they take a shot that, you know what? It shouldn't have been taken. Um, you know, and that's where I think people need to step back and say, you know what? It's not about the inches. It's not about the miles. Go out and enjoy the experience. And, you know, the fact this that you year, got Mark that bull in. Day, yeah. Right. You know, and that's, that's it. You trick a bull to come into 20 yards. You just beat that bull. That's awesome. Yeah. You, you beat the bull. And Mark and I both ate an elk tag this year, man. I, I don't like not having that in my freezer. I'll tell you that <laughs> right now. But the thing is, even that one that I deflected an arrow on, I, I, I pride myself in not taking a shot unless it's, you know, I'm, I'm for sure of it. And, and I did, I, I hit a branch that I did not see and, and it, it about killed me. Thank God that, that it, you know, launched out the outer space. 
you know, and didn't, didn't hit it in the hind quarter and wound it. Um, but, you know, I think people need to stay, take a step back and not worry about that. You know what? I got to come out of this hunt with a kill. Now, no, you got to come out of your hunt and enjoying yourself. Yeah. And the way I look at it is even if you do everything right and you archery hunt for long enough, I'm just talking archery hunting, but you archery hunt for long enough for elk <clears throat> and you do everything right. You know, you take that 20 yard broadside shot sooner or later, you're going to lose one. That's just the way it is. If you get a lot of opportunities, it happens. I've seen it happen. I've seen some shots that I was like, oh, that bull's dead. We're going to find him in no time. And they just don't bleed. They, you know, whether you're hitting some dead spot, it's deflecting off a rib. That's that happens. So <clears throat> for me, I like to take out as much chance as possible and go, okay, I took the, the best possible shot I could. Um, and if I do end up losing one, which I have lost one, um, you know, that's, I did everything I could up until that point. So some things you just don't have control over. Right. <laughs> I, uh, I, my first bull last year, man, arrowed him and, uh, I mean, pinwheeled him, passed through great blood. And, uh, that SOB just kept on trucking, man, kept on trucking. They uh, are tough. Yeah. It's something else. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and the thing is, it's like, you know, people just, you know, don't want to sit there and preach, but you got to, you got to do your due diligence and look as and long and as hard as you can. Because I mean, that was my last Washington bowl. I double lunged it 16 yards. The bowl went 50 yards, 60 yards, never once bled, you know, and it was that night, you know, it's just, and it was in a thick Washington jungle and it, you know, yeah, I, I found it, but you know, people don't see blood and they just give up, you know, and it's not everybody. You do see a lot more stuff on YouTube now. You're going, you're scratching your head going, don't take that shot. And then, you know, they give up. But, you know, uh, and that's the thing I think with Mark, you know, I can't praise him enough for what he taught Loudon, his son this year, for for not taking the shots. Um, you know, they had a deal that it was 20 yards and they stuck to it. And, and I remember this year I took the I took the rifle from my daughter when he, she shot her buck five minutes before because she was shaking so bad. She said, I can make the shot. Well, I just made her sit down and think about it. You know, just take a breath. You know, it was, it was a successful hunt, whether she pulled that trigger or not. <clears throat> those lessons, man, especially for, for our kids, those lessons are going to carry them a lot farther than us itching for them to notch that tag. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, he'll hit a point where he's got to make, I'm not going to be in his hip pocket. So I'm not going to be standing there preaching to him or talking to, talking in his ear, telling him what to do. So he's got to make up his own mind and his own decisions at that time. So. Um, but I know my voice will be in the back of his head when that moment comes. So <laughs> right, wrong, or indifferent, whatever, whatever he decides to do, uh, yeah, he'll hear my voice back there. So and he'll be able to carry that on and pass it on to, you know, people he mentors, his kids. You know, that that's invaluable. Yeah, so let's talk a little uh, brand mountain ambush, guys. What do you want to know? <laughs> Let's. How did we start it? Why did we start it? Um, I've been following you guys for a long time. It's funny for me, right? As you, you're watching something, you're going, "Oh man, these guys!" You know, you're laying it down. I remember your boys, your boys, Buck, the whole nine, and here we are talking. Um, so there's a there's quite the story behind you know all of that. I mean, we're hearing some of it now, but yeah, just give uh, give us anything you will on that. Well, here's the deal. I mean, we're both completely passionate about the outdoors. 
this is a way for Mark and I to basically be in the industry, do what we're passionate about, be involved, mentor youth, even adults as well, 365 days a year. We've done some shows this year. We've met some awesome people. That's really what it's about. We're, we've been able to network this year and just, I mean, meet people like yourself and Jonathan and Christian and all these guys. It's just been just great. Um, so this uh, Mountain Ambush is really Mark's baby. I think, you know, he came to me last year and said, hey, man, are you interested? And I just looked at him like, heck yeah, let's do it. So I think I think this has been in the back of Mark's head for probably years, hasn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's for a while. So I'll let him I'll let him take it. No, that's that's just it. It just it was it sounded like fun to me. Mm-hmm. And uh <clears throat> I knew it was something I couldn't do on my own, having a full time job and three kids. So uh Matthew was a sucker I roped into it. <laughs> but no, I mean that's that was basically it. You know, I come to him and said, Hey, you know, we I've been thinking about this for a long time. He's like, I'm in. And I was like, cool, let's let's do this. And um, <clears throat> the, the cool thing is your own boss. You're, you are your own boss in this situation. So you, you, what you make and the effort you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. Um, so, and like he said, we've, we've networked and, and met tons of awesome people and, and truly it's a really, it's a fairly small world, the hunting world. And a lot of the people that we meet, you know, you see them popping up here and there and it's, it's really cool to see. So, um, yeah, it's something hopefully we can continue to do and, and continue to grow and, and just keep trudging on. But, you know, we're, we're pretty patient, I think, and we're not trying to, you know, grow huge right off the bat. And, and we're just uh, trudging along and having fun doing it. So hey, that, that's it. We're just <laughs> we're normal guys. we got full time jobs. I've got two kids. Mark's got three. We're involved in every sport the community has to offer. Archery club. I mean, I just, you know, is there some days where scratch our head and go, man, I don't have time for this, but you know, in the long run, it's fun. Like you said, you know, the networking stuff, it's amazing how many people we've met on Instagram and then they come to the shows and shake our hands. And be like, it's so awesome putting a face to a name, you know, just, just being able to be around like-minded people. It's been a blast. And the community. I mean, Oh, this community's been awesome. <clears throat> oh, you guys have spent a lot of money on our product. It um, supported us and love our stuff, and so we can't say enough about this community. And um, our little town of Orofino, Idaho, has been they, they without them right now, it, it'd be questionable. Absolutely. So. Yep. And what's cool, and what we hope we can do is, is as it grows, is just put more back into it too. When you know donations, fundraisers, you know, donating to the little league program, sponsoring Archery, events. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they've really gone above and beyond for us. So you guys are already uh, you're you're both coaching, and then uh, you have the Orofino uh, Tigers, I believe it is, right? And that's the uh, Mountain Ambush team. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Matthew's team. That's my team. And Mark's coaching a majors team. So I'm the minors and he's up in the majors and, uh, and Babe Ruth. And, and Babe Ruth. That's right. And then once I'm done with uh, baseball, I usually run over to softball and help out there when I can. So yeah, it's, I don't know. Would you, I think I had three games this week, four, con- including my daughters and you. Yeah. yeah. Track me. Mark's kids are also in Five track, games. baseball, and yeah. Gotta I love do a it. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. to 9 p.m. shift is my shift. So, 
Yeah, you, you know, scratch your you know, head it's, it's, and go, what in the heck am I doing? <laughs> right, come Thursday night. We work four days a week, so come Thursday night, I am dead to the world, yeah. You know what, though? Neither neither one of us would change it for anything in the world. No. I hear you there. No. I've been there. Been there, done that. It uh, It's something else. When when the daughter was playing soccer and the boy was playing football, trying to figure out how you split games and practice and that's something else and work and everything else you're trying to do. Exactly. Well, and, I, and, 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 you know, we gave a, we gave a shout out to the, the community here, but you know, two weekends ago we were running the, our Clearwater Archer shoot. We had a booth up there and Mark had to miss one of daughter's games. Right. Cause we had that. I mean, the real, the real people that deserve all the thanks is, is our kids and our wives. Um, because right, I mean that right there. You know, they understood that. You know, we had to do do some stuff and and miss a game. And you know, there's been some some serious late nights and more texts and emails and phone calls than they probably wanted to deal with. But you know, with without them, I mean, they're they're our support right there. So yeah, just, like you said, you're so busy, and I think someday when it's over, you're going to be so bored. So yeah, when you can <laughs> wish for. One moment to where you can just take a deep breath and go ah, and relax. And then five minutes later, you're like, now what? You know, <laughs> darn it. Shouldn't I be going somewhere to watch a game or a coach? Or- but even yeah. as, as busy as it is and it, and it gets, just being passionate about it and loving it and having fun and enjoying, you know, like you said, the networking and – you know, just for me, it's, it's constantly talking about hunting, right? I mean, you're and and meeting new people and hearing their stories and, you know, what drives them. I mean, it is just fuel to the fire. True. Yeah. And there's some awesome people out there. Like you said, the stories that you hear at the show and some of the people that you meet, I mean, there's some true go-getters out there, some awesome go-getters that, that I think are even more diehard than, than I am sometimes so yeah, it's the guy we met up there at that last show that's gone through cancer and lost a kid and i mean uh, just and he has a smile on his face his, his story gone, that he told yeah. us and mark and i are just looking at him going this is this is unreal and just like it, after that conversation when he walked away we're like man we've got nothing nothing, but, complete about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nothing right? you know and and he and he walks away with a smile and it's just like you know more people need that yeah, it's it's yeah, it's something else. I I can't quite put a a word to it. Like I I don't know if you guys heard the interview or or know who Tate Hale is. Um and I'm sure you've heard of Sydney Smith, right? So I talked to both those guys and they are uh they're next level, right? They're they're drive to push and not look or feel sorry for themselves and not look, you know, look up and wonder why me. I mean, they just grind it out and, and we stand to take so much away from, from those stories and hearing people's, you know, people's insight. And then I did a interview with Shay Tompkins and this, <laughs> she's 23 years old. And, and, and this she, woman, she's a, she's a straight up go getter. Oh my God. I mean, this stone, she I Yeah. It's a meat hunt, right? He just happened to have 50 inch antlers in velvet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, just unbelievable stories. Right. And you just feel for me, I just, it's like, I have no reason to complain about anything. Well, talking to Shay, I, I had some reasons to complain, right. Cause she's just kicking all our asses, but 
<laughs> some of the some of the stories and stuff, man, are just yeah, they're mind blowing, man. It's it's just phenomenal to talk to folks. Just crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. man, you guys are. Let's do a little mentoring and and service to others because you guys are all about it. So you know all the coaching and the hunts and. What else do you guys, I mean, what's the importance of that? And what else are you guys pushing on when it comes to the youth? You know, re- really for me, man, my, my passion is getting the youth back outdoors. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to take away the Nintendos. You're not going to take away the cell phones and the tablets. And, you, you know, it's just, that's, that's the way it is anymore, but you can, you can limit it. And so, and that's what my passion is, is, you know, I'm, I've been in sports my whole life. And the way I fell in love with the outdoors, I want more people to have that because here's the deal. We're, we're not getting any younger. And as we, as we go, we need somebody to fill in for us right now. And, you know, it's just, there's not a lot of that happening. So, you know, I, I run the archery club here and I see, I invite kids to come shoot at the armory with us and in, in the indoor league. And there's not a lot of kids that want to do that because they, they've never shot a bow before. And so, you know, and, it's, uh, you know, this day and age, they don't want to get embarrassed around other people. So I, I've got a, what, a 19 or 20 target 3d course set up here on my property. And, uh, the archery club just allowed me to purchase four, four youth bows, um, for the club use, but, but the way for the kids to come up here and shoot just one-on-one come up here and enjoy themselves, have fun. No worries. Don't, you know, don't worry about missing a target. We got arrows for days and, um, so, you know, it's just, I want to see the kids get back in the outdoors. And so Mark and I preach a lot about archery and, and elk hunting, but it's like, it doesn't even matter. It's fishing. We just, I just spent the whole day fishing with my kids and my kids just laughed all day long today. More kids need to be able to do that. And the thing is, it's like, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of kids without the parents that, uh, they've never had that background. They've never done it. I want to challenge people in the industry to, you know what? you shouldn't be sitting on your couch on a Saturday. If there's a kid down the street, that's never been in, you know, never held a fishing pole, never hiked in the woods, shoot, go for a shed hunt, pick, go pick them up, go take them out in the woods. You know, there's too many of us out there that, uh, you know, I feel that we should be mentoring the youth regardless if it's our own kid or not. So. And that's a big deal, right? I mean, we talk about it as outdoorsmen, as hunters, as fishermen, whatever it is. And we love taking our kids out, right? But but reaching, if this is to continue on, we need to reach a new audience, right? We need to, like you're saying, is, is get those kids that haven't been exposed to it, maybe because their parents don't have the means. Um, nowadays, some parents don't have the time trying to make ends meet, um, or they just plain out never even thought about it right but reaching a new audience that's a big deal man to grab those kids and say hey come out here and try this you know that's uh that's huge man well it is and and so i started i looked into there's there's a lot of western states now that do like a hunting passport or you know something for the youth to where you don't have to have hunter safety you can get one year somebody can go out on a mentor mentored program and you could take a kid hunting with, you know, buy him a tag, take him hunting. This is, it dawned on me on that Washington elk hunt. I was sitting up there on the mountain and I, Washington, you got to wear hunter's orange. So everybody looks like a pumpkin. So 
you, you know, if somebody's up on the mountain with you and there's nobody up there with me. And I sit there and sat there and scratched my head going, I know of a hundred archery hunters in Washington that are even, that are either tagged out or, or not hunting. Well, why aren't they grabbing a kid, bring him up here? You know, it, it, so, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm to blame too. There's, there's been times where it's like, well, it's raining and snowing, but you know what? It doesn't take much to grab a kid. It could change their lives. So I was sitting, you know, and I'll throw it out right now. This, this year is something I wanted to do. And I don't care if it's through my own personal dime or through mountain ambush. Kids tags are cheap. I am willing to buy a youth tag. I don't care who the kid is. If somebody, you know, picks a, picks a neighbor kid up down the road, calls me up saying, Hey, I want to take this kid hunting. I'm going to buy their tag in three or four States. So go ahead and pass that along. I don't, I don't care who it is. Youth tags are cheap. I mean, seriously, it's like more people should be doing that. That's awesome. Man. So, you know, and I was going to wait to put that out, you know, closer to season, but you know, Realistically, you, yeah, you, uh, yeah. Let, let me clear that up. It's got to be a not or a resident, <laughs> a resident youth in their own state. Yeah, otherwise it could get pretty spendy. But uh, <laughs> damn it, I was gonna hit you, you know, up like, for my boy in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, <there you> go. <laughs> I was over here with the yeah, gold. Uh, throw, throw a little, throw a little caveat in there. But I mean that. I mean that's it. You, if you get, you know. You get a hundred people doing that, you could change a hundred hundred kids' lives. So, and the thing is, and and don't and don't take them out there and tell them it's all about the kill. Take them out there, show them how to start a fire, show them how to pack a backpack. You know, filter some water, making an experience. You know, so I don't know. That's I I can go on a rant for days about you know getting our youth out. So it is something I'm very passionate about. No, that's good, man. I mean, that's potentially a hundred more advocates for what we love and in the face of everything we're up against now, man, from, you know, hugging grizzly bears to, uh, you know, petting cute little wolves, <laughs> watching those cute little wolves run around Idaho there, man. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, we need as many advocates as we can. That's the truth. That's yeah. what carries it on. Uh, Yellow, Yellowstone a couple years ago, we went to this farm and my kids were sitting there petting a deer and that was about it. I thought, I thought they're never going to hunt now. You know, it was like, why would you do that? But it's like, you know, they, it, it's, it's fun though, watching even my boy is nine and he's just, he's itching to get behind the rifle. He's well, he wants to get behind the bow, but we'll wait a couple years. But you know, they, I think even in, in Mark's kids, they know that it's, it's not about just going out and killing an animal it's it's more than that and that's what and that's the thing you know if you're going to mentor a kid show them what it's about you know give the respect respect back to that animal we're just saying we got animals running through the yard <clears throat> so we feed them you know we feed the deer in the winter time and 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 we watch them all year and we have a few decent little bucks running through the yard <clears throat> but they're uh they're off limits right and even the kids they're off limits like we'll watch this deer he can we can't shoot him. He's in the yard, right? We got to go hunting out, out in the woods. So. And then just, I mean, just feeding them through the winter, right? I mean, teaching them the importance of that with winter kill. Um, that's a big deal. That's lessons as well. That all yeah. that stuff yeah. is full circle. I yeah. wish, I, I wish our fishing game understood that a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll throw out, out, out from Thanksgiving to the middle of January, you know, get them by for a couple of months and, put some fat on them and usually, but you know, our winters aren't horrible here, but it still helps. So 
every little bit helps. So trying not to tangent off on that because I can go on and on and on with that stuff. The one thing I will say is though, is Idaho is pretty is pretty badass with the mentored hunter program, right? Because it's not just youth, it's adults as well. And I, I thought that was phenomenal that Idaho does that. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know they I didn't know they did it with adults as well. Yeah. Yeah. The mentored program I, I is, is even for adults in Idaho. Oh. I mean that's well, a, let's cut let's let's cut that part out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that uh well the only reason I know it is is the guys uh I don't know if you guys have heard uh they changed their name. Built for the hunt. Um Jeff Moran and then his partner Mike Atterbury, they they run like a you know what bodybuilding.com is where they do like supplements and things like that. Well they're they are uh Jeff and Mike are focused on the outdoor industry, if you will. Um, and they grabbed uh, Sammy Johnson from Arizona and took her up to Idaho and did a mentored hunt with her last year. And she was able to get a, a landowner tag for a cow elk. And I thought that was phenomenal that Idaho did it, you know, even through adults. I, I thought that was that was pretty special. Yeah, that's cool. So it'd be uh, young adults because we aren't you grandfathered in after a certain year to where you don't have to take hunter's ed. 1972, I'm not sure. I think she had that she had to do her hunter's ed and then they went, they filled out an application and you basically get your approval. You have to go out with a licensed hunter. Sure. But yeah. And, and I'm, I'm going to say that Sammy's right around 30 somewhere in there. So yeah, it was, uh, Good on you, Idaho. Yeah, that's cool. So valuing the outdoor experience, guys, what what are we pulling out of that every time we step into the woods? Not just with the kids, but but with yourselves. Ooh. <laughs> I, it's, it's huge. You know what? It's huge. And I think about this a lot because I grew up in a small town of about 50 people. And basically I had hundreds of thousands, if not millions of acres of public land in my backyard that was national forest land or private timber company <clears throat> right behind us who allowed anybody and everybody to use it and forest service ground. So um, basically as a little kid, we could ride motorcycles. I mean, that's what we did right out of the back door. You were gone. You wouldn't see anybody all day. So now for me, um, as I get older, it's just learning to to keep that mindset <clears throat> that I had when I was young and just enjoy it. Um, I see, you know, there's a lot more people coming out, you know, to the to the area and fishing, hunting, being out there. So it's just it's just enjoying it. And these are bringing the kids back into it. These are their good old days. So um, I am making making it their good old days with a smile on their face and, and, you know, making them enjoy it and not making them enjoy it, but taking them out and showing them that it is a good time. We were out riding motorcycles today, went on a few little horn hunts, uh, found a couple old sheds. Um, but you know, that that's what we do on the weekends. So, and that's why we work is so we have money to go out and do that and buy the toys to do that. So what about you, Matt? 
Well, you know, <laughs> real quick, let's, let's not sugarcoat too much. I mean, you're going to have your, <laughs> you're going to have your frustrations out there. Right. <laughs> but you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to throw out Jonathan again this year because I have always prided myself and just, being positive in the woods and not giving up regardless of what it is. If it's a horn hunt, a fishing trip, backpacking My I remember my dad used to push us, you know, well, let's only go 10 miles today and get to this camp. And you get there like, well, we got, we got six more in us, you know, enjoying, <laughs> enjoying that stuff. But I remember, you know, Jonathan this year is just saying, you know, have a goal and just being out there is a win, you know, keeping that, keeping that positive attitude, you know, if you if you got it if you got an elk or a deer tag in your pocket, bear tag, whatever, you know what? Set a goal for yourself. If it's to tag out, then then let that be the goal. You know, if it's to go and enjoy yourself, then go and enjoy yourself. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, don't get don't get down on yourself that you that you missed a shot. You know, be happy that you had an opportunity. You know, don't don't get down on yourself that uh, you know just didn't make it to the top of the mountain, take that and say, you know what, I'm going to get my butt in the gym and work a little harder. I'm going to get to the top of that mountain and chase, you know, get after that bugle and bull next year. I don't know. So for me, it's just, you know, that, that positive attitude, just enjoying yourself. So kind of said a couple things there and it, it kind of brought the trophy hunter comment up to me. So when you're setting those goals, right. And I think, and I've said this before that I think it's an evolution of ourselves as hunters, right? So Mark's ability to go out in the mountain and make a call. <clears throat> and I mean, not, it wasn't saying, you know, okay, that that's not the caliber of a bull that I want to take, but it was, it was a different situation. But one of you guys had said it earlier, you know, we want that monarch or the mountain. So with setting those goals, I find myself, jumping back and forth across that line, right? With that definition of trophy hunter. Um, I'm not even sure at this point what the hell that means anymore. I've talked to so many people right. and I've gotten so many insights. What the fuck is a trophy hunter? Um, because if you're setting a goal and you're saying, Hey, I want, I want that big six by six bull. That's, you know, three fifty, and I'm not going to shoot anything else, but that does that make you a trophy hunter? I don't think so. I think that you have grown, and you're challenging yourself to either outdo yourself or push yourself farther. And if that's what makes you a trophy hunter, then I guess most of us are going to be at some point in our hunting careers, you know. Um, and and I think that most of us are good. We're okay if we're not reaching that that goal to walk away without notching that tag. Um, what what do you think? Am I off base there, or is there something? Am I on to something? I guess because I I find myself scratching my head with this whole trophy hunter thing. I think you hit the nail on the head. <clears throat> Absolutely. For me, if I I mean if 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 you go out and shoot the first thing you see, then I can't hunt anymore, right? So if I go out and and say it's opening day and I shoot the first spike or a raghorn I see, now I'm done hunting. So. The challenge to me is, yeah, right. We've all been there. Be that sucks, I wanna, man. I want to shoot my elk on right before dark on the last day. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's been that, and, and I learned so much by passing animals up. So call it what you want, but I've learned way more by passing up these animals and not shooting them than I ever have by, by shooting the first one that I see. 
So yeah, it's a challenge because especially where we hunt, really it's they're marginal units as far as trophy quality goes. So there's not a trophy behind every tree and you really have to push yourself and, and be a lot lucky you know, to run into one of the, the trophies or the big old boys on the mountain. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's that, it's the spirit of the challenge and, and, and the fact that you get to keep hunting. So that, yeah, that, yeah, that's it. And, you know, but a lot, I think a lot goes into, you know, knowing where you're at too, what, what your expectations can be. So I came from Washington where you did shoot the first legal bull that came in because it may be the only bull you see in the next four years, you know? And so I was the five point King over there. <laughs> My boy come, come running in and he was, uh, he was eating an arrow, but you know, and over here, it's crazy when I came over to Idaho and to actually pass on a bull. But the thing was, it wasn't, it wasn't it, like Mark said, it wasn't about, you know, finding the the bigger one, you know, for, for the macho game, it was staying, staying in the woods and, and challenging myself more. Um, what was that? Two years ago, I shot that, that six point first, first morning mark and i were out i think we we're an hour and a half into the hunt 31st, august yeah. 31st that ball and i just stuck him at three yards and it i mean yeah don't get me wrong <laughs> i would have done it again right and uh but it was crazy because i had all of september without a tag in my pocket and it was like Eat wow me. this you know <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and i had my wife hunting and i did some hunts with mark but it was just like Maybe yeah I, <laughs> yeah i, I, I I, I wish I had, I wish I had some more time in, you know, in the woods for, you know, and not to be selfish, but you know what, being in the woods, you know, Mark and I, we've, we've done some hunts together, but I think for the most part, we're kind of solo hunters. Mark does a lot with his dad, um, and, and hunting together. But I think for the most part, where do we like picking a ridge line and seeing how far we can get up it, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, my my dad. I mean, growing up with <clears throat> growing up hunting, you shot the first thing that you that you saw, and you know, I remember years when with aunts and uncles and all of us, we'd shoot nine, ten spike bulls in a year. I mean, that's that's what there was to offer, but it was all you know, it was all about the meat. So everybody uh, shot the first thing they saw, put the tag on it, and that's how we that's how we lived. So um, it's not that they didn't grow up around or that I grew up around a trophy hunter because I didn't, I mean, um, my dad, but I'm the one that actually got him into the backcountry type hunting, you know, at probably 50 years old. And so, but he's, he's a real, and, and, <clears throat> and they were just all about filling tags back in the day. So that's what I grew up around. And, and for me, it was more of just the challenge of, yeah, I don't want to shoot the first one I, I see there was a year where it actually changed for me. I mean, I, I just said, you know what, this year I'm going to, I'm not going to shoot anything but a six point and I ate my tag. So, and then I, August 30th, the next year I filled it with a six point and then I was in the same <laughs> boat, Matthew. Dang it. I, I shouldn't have done that. Now I can't <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, right. If you're, if you tag out early, you, you love that, right? I mean, it, it's great. You got, <clears throat> excuse me, you got a full freezer and you got some nice bone for the wall or the barn or wherever you're putting it. But the real trophy is the time that you're able to spend out there, right? I mean, it's just what it does for your being is just phenomenal, man. It is just unreal. I hate them early seasons. You finish yeah. out, man. And that's the way. And, and like I said, as much as you 
are thankful for the meat in the freezer is just like, oh, man, is there another tag that I can go grab right now to just get that time out there? Well, and, and you know, I touched on it earlier. I said, well, you know what tripped my trigger? It's the bugle. You know, just when that happened to me that first time, I didn't even want to pack my bow around. I just wanted to walk around here in bugles. And, you know, and so that's what September is to me. You know, it's, you know, thank God, you know, my, my wife, when I first got her into archery hunting, I was sitting kind of going, oh, what am I doing? That's my time. You know, <laughs> I got to pack her out of the woods now. And the thing is that that's an opportunity to have two tags now in September. You know, so if one does travel out early, we're still, we still have the opportunity to be out in the woods, um, you know, listen, and you, you can't deny that that scream is majestic. Oh, it's, man. you know, there's, there's nothing like it. Calls to your so, soul. <laughs> it, yeah. But, you know, I want to touch on one thing real quick. And I think it's the, the, it bugs me is, you know, if, if, if you're pulling that trigger, regardless if it's on your release or, or with a rifle, own what you own, what you killed. You know, I've, I hear so many people say, well, you know, I shot this deep because don't say that. Say, man, I smoked this three point. We're proud. You know, <laughs> That's it. you know, and the thing is, it's like, you know, there's, there's uh, you know, some people say, you know, don't pass on a bull. You shoot the last day. Well, I, I don't, I don't completely believe in that because like Mark said, you know, we're still out hunting and you know, I've, I've shot a smaller bull and let a bigger one go, but you know, I was able to still hunt and I, you know, had bull screaming in my face. So own what you own, what you kill and enjoy it. You know, that killing an elk, not a lot of people get to do that in a lifetime. So if you do it, I don't care if it's a spike, if it's a three point or it's a 350, you know, class monster bull, whatever it is, if you're punching your tag, enjoy it. I had, uh, the opportunity to meet a gentleman from back east last year up in Wyoming. And uh, he'd been running out of state from back east, like uh, Wisconsin, for nine years because he wouldn't pull the trigger on a spike. And last year he goes, I just got to do it. <laughs> Can nine, you, nine years. Nine years. Crazy. Is that insane? <laughs> I'm like, no way, My man. Off to that guy. Yeah, I don't know how he did it. I, there's no way. Last year when we were in Wyoming, man, I had uh, – I had uh, five bulls screaming at me first thing in the morning. And the first bull to come in was this little spike still in velvet. And I looked at him and uh, I said, ah, maybe the third or fourth day, buddy. And uh, I just let him walk. And and I think that was because I had five bulls, you know, 1,700 yards just screaming, you know, down in this draw. But I don't know if I could wait nine years, man, to, to pull the trigger. No kidding. <clears throat> but here, here's the deal you know you told yourself you know on that first day like you said you let him walk and you and you tell him well maybe on the third day but you know what i guarantee you, if you would have shot that spike on the third day you would have owned it you said oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah man oh yeah he's gonna taste good i have you know i just i'm just I'm, I'm bummed out that people have to give excuses for killing an elk it's like man you just you conquered what 90 percent of people can't do i don't care if it's a spike or a cow or a, or a world-class bull you you did what a lot of people can't do and it's not just elk, right? I mean, you see it with turkey, with deer, right? I mean, the one thing I really, you don't really see it with is is when it comes to pig hunting. Um, but turkey, we're measuring beards and looking at spurs. You know, oh, it's a short one. You know, he's uh, a jom. I saw somebody post this year, right? I mean, he had like maybe a three or four inch beard. It was like between a Jake and a Tom. And I'm like, come on, guys. Really? 
Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't have a put him put him in the smoker. He's gonna taste really good. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna taste the same. He probably tastes better. He's you know his flesh is uh, young and tender. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I got some I got some racks, man, and I appreciate all of them, man. From the little forkies to this little two by three I got hanging above the computer to you know some of the some of the mounts in the house but yeah it uh they all hold a special place man they all at some point i learned a lesson that season and got my ass kicked and you look back on them and just go yeah i remember you yeah that's the funny thing no matter how big that pile gets you can remember every last one of them you know i mean i could i could walk to within 10 feet of where i've killed every single elk that's yep. you yeah. know I, Remember every single one of them. I never thought about <laughs> it like that. That's awesome. Who I was with. Yep. Mark, Mark's got a lot better. Well, you're going to have to have a good memory for that pile. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big yet. Hey, but you know, and the thing is, it's like, I think for Mark and I, shoot, I think we both put down, put down our bows or our rifles, just watch the kids do it now. Watch, watch them get those memories. Well, that serves so, that. that that serves us too, right? I mean, like we said earlier, that is, I know for me, when my boy started hunting with me, he was five, we'd go out and, you know, I'd have him um, shooting rabbit or quail or something with his bow. And uh, when I was able to, I think he was about seven, we started going down to Texas because he could hunt in Texas. And we hooked up with a gentleman that had some family property and uh, we'd stay on the property and, and we'd hunt deer and pigs. And uh, man, those were the to this day, some of the best times in my life going down there and watching him get on deer and, you know, the ability that that kid has to hit his mark is, yeah, to this day is phenomenal to me. I mean, seven years old um, and just, hey, there it is right there, 200 yards, put it here. And I mean, just anchoring, just phenomenal. That's cool. That's awesome. But it just serves us. I don't, I don't think it's anything selfish, right? I mean, as fathers, especially, well, I shouldn't say especially with our boys, but there is, I'm not going to even BS it. There is a bit of a difference there, right? Because my little girl, um, she's a beast in her own right, but there's just something, I don't know if it's a macho thing or, you know, what it is, but there's just something about, you know, passing that to your boy or being out there with your boy. And, and I'm trying to get my daughter out there. Um, she'll be home from college this year and I'm hoping that, uh, I'm hoping she's willing to finally get out there with us. But it's funny you say that. Special with it. Yeah, it's funny you say that because sorry to cut you off. No, no, no worries. Um, but yeah, my daughter, um, two years ago, she drew a we drew a meal deer tag here close to town, close to town, and uh, she she shot basically a two hundred inch meal deer, and it was she's never killed a squirrel. She never killed a squirrel <laughs> until it was twenty, and. Uh, but, you know, she, we had shot, we had practiced, we'd been through the motions. I mean, it was on, it was, it was kind of at a slow run at 80 yards. She smoked it. Um, and I mean, it just ended up being the perfect hunt. But the one thing I will say about hunting with her is she's, it's not like, she's not a diehard hunter. So when you go out, it basically is just to relax and enjoy the outdoors. And if you see something great, if you don't, that's fine. And she'll be the one that'll draw the line with me and go, you know what? I'm ready to be done for this year. I don't care if I build my tag. Um, so when I go out there, it's just a different experience. Uh, with with the boys, though, you know, 
especially my son that's 13 now, he's, he's just a go-getter. Like there's a little bit of competitiveness. Maybe that's it. what it is. Yeah. And so, I mean, they're young and they're innocent. So, you know, we're talking about the macho thing. They're just coming into it. So there is a little <laughs> bit of bragging rights behind that, I think for him. Um, but I, I took him out when he was 10. Cause I think it was the first year that they actually changed it to where you could hunt as a 10 year old big game is when he turned 10 and I hiked him into places. I thought, you know, he's either going to love it or he's going to hate. Yes. He's either just never going to want to come back. I mean, there was places I had to wade cricks with him on my back six times. I was waist deep raining end of October, 40 degrees. Um, these pla- these places through bluffs and brush and after bulls, we had spotted a long ways away. These places um, I refused to go. By the way. <laughs> and, and he's 10. And I'm like, looking back, going, why did I do that? Why did I have him here? And he, you know, he wasn't enjoying it at the time. But when you get back to the truck, he's like, I'm ready to go again. Mm-hmm. So he had that short memory and, and he just loves being out there. So I didn't ruin him. So I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that I learned a lot from him too. So yeah, there's something when you said that competitiveness. So I have this, a local honey hole and it is, uh, it is God awful. I mean, I'm not going to even, it's kicking my butt more than a couple times. Um, I put it to you this way. It's about, it's under three quarters of a mile from the trailhead to the bottom. Um, packed the deer out solo. Took me nine hours. That's how steep and nasty this mess is. Nine hours, right? I mean, it is just, it's insane. I don't even know why I go in there. (laughs) But uh, we were scouting one year. Nobody else was in there, right? No, no one else will go in unless I take them. And then when I do take them, they go, they they just straight up, man, you know, excuse me, fuck you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, and uh, I I took my boy in there. He might have been 12 or 13. And what, what brought this back up is you said that competitiveness and uh, he, lo- I remember just starting to drop down the hill and he's going, oh, this isn't bad at all, dad. And uh, I was like, okay. So we go down, you know, and we're coming up. And I remember that little SOB looking back at me <laughs> as we're treading back <laughs> up this hill. He's looking back and he's like, ah, this is really not that bad. And I didn't think nothing of it, man. I just figured it was age. But yeah, that uh, that opened my eyes right now when you said that. There, there probably is a little competitiveness there. Or it's your kid wanting to show dad he could do it. Right. I, I think that might be some of it, maybe the majority of it, but. Sure. It's kind of funny. Cause when I was growing up, my dad, like he carried a rifle too. So when we went deer hunting, not, not only did I have a rifle, but he had a rifle. And if we were like deer hunting, we always did deer drives. Right. When I was a little kid, there's always so many, there's so many family members there that you'd spread out 200 yards through timber patches and run these timber patches and, and jump the whitetail around. And there was times where I wouldn't even see a flash of hide and that deer was already dead because my dad shot it. Like <laughs> I'm like, how am I ever going to shoot a deer if I'm hunting next to you, you know? And, and so when we go hunting, you know, with the kids, they're the only ones packing the gun. And, you know, it's all about them. But, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. My, my dad's a great dad. And he's, he's about a diehard, as diehard as it gets, even at, at his age. But... Well, Guy, let me touch on the competitiveness, too, because earlier I touched on, you know, people are hunting for the wrong reasons a little bit, you know, counting inches and miles. You know, there is a good and bad competitive. That's the bad competitive. The good competitive is what we're discussing right now. 
you know, Mark talks about his dad. Well, Mark and his dad, Steve, are bred with Mountain Goat, I'm pretty sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I could go all over the place with that one. I'm going to leave it so, alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, You're talking about a seven-year-old guy who he's put, he's seven, he's, he's put 15 miles in a day and climbed 3,000 feet in elevation. He's, I, he's 70 uh, years old. We went on There's a, no way in hell I'll be doing that when I'm there's, there's There's a time last year, it was, it was two years ago, we were shed hunting. And we knew we were going to climb about 3,000. Yeah, we were going to climb 3,000 feet in elevation. We were all going to radio in once we got there. Um, So, you know, and I thought, I'm I'm booking up this hill pretty darn good. You know, I'm doing doing okay. And uh, we get up to that, you know, climb 3,000 feet. We get on the radio and Steve's up another 2,000 feet. You know, know, I'm I'm sucking wind. And, uh, you know, I think Mark already made it over the ridge I was on and but, you know, that competitiveness, that right there, that was, I think that's when Mark talked me into joining the CrossFit gym with him. And it's not, you, you say CrossFit, but it's not. It's, it's just a good group of people, you know, doing some of those core activities. And and uh, that competitiveness has actually made me a better backcountry hunter. Um, not only doing myself a justice, climbing further, faster, you know, stronger, but the same thing for that elk. I am, I'm in better shape when I'm ready to take that shot than I was years ago before I met Steve and Mark. So there, there's a good competitiveness, you know, it's, I don't, I don't think without those guys, I couldn't do half the stuff that I do because I go, well, shoot, Mark's been there. I remember that was a few years ago too. There was bugling bulls down in this hole and Steve goes, well, why didn't you kill him? I said, well, I need a helicopter or a raft to either get him out of there. Oh yeah. We've, we've packed a handful out of there. I went, Oh, all right, I guess it's time to kind of strengthen the self up. So, you know, and I can remember 15 years ago. So, or 10 years ago, maybe. He was probably 60 at the time. <clears throat> and the weather was just horrible in rifle season. But he had the entire, he was retired. He had the entire season off and he hunted every single day of the season. And he was hunting, he was literally covering 15 miles a day in that type of country. And this is steep, rugged country. But he'd get up every single day and go 20, 20, his 20th day of hunting. He killed a, he killed a bull. And, but every day it's, I'm up and I'm going. And I'm like, God, I, I even at that time, I was like, man, I don't know if I could do that for 20 days in a row. I mean, I, I think I'd re- be ready to be done after 10 days in this country. He's 60 and he did it for 20 days straight in horrible weather, horrible conditions hiking places that most people want at any age and just to get a bull on the last day of season. And he's like, see, persistence does pay off. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, it really does, but I mean, how do you, yeah. Keeping your head up and going, he just loves it. I mean, yeah. it's just a, it's the next level of love of, you know, just being out there and doing it. But there's something well, to be that's... said about that though. I, and we're yeah. talking about competitiveness, you know, and, and Matthew said, you know, talking about the CrossFit gym, but I think there is a level of drive that we find when we're out there, right? Like, can I get it done to this point, right? Can I go that 15 miles? Can I go, you know, six miles or whatever it is? Can I get up that ridge? Or for him, it might've been, can I go 20 days? Cause did you ask him how many bulls he passed? You know, in that 20 days, he might have just that might have just been that crazy drive, right? Where we don't want to give in. Exactly. And that answer is zero. <laughs> he hadn't hardly seen any. Yeah. 
he went 20 days with seeing like Nothing. three elk. Well, then that, that proves yeah. that proves that point right there. Right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm going to go until I get this done. Yeah. You know, setting those goals, man, that's awesome. I, I hope to be doing that at, at 60 years old. I hope to be doing that at 50 yeah, th- years this old. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <clears throat> so elk guys, um, Rumor mill has it that Mark is a, uh, is a killer. That's what I've been hearing. <laughs> Mark has some background. Who's been telling you this? <laughs> so what's your go-to man? Um, how much, uh, how much do you put in just knowing, um, you know what you're looking for or do you have tactics that you rely on or how does that pan out for you year to year? Yeah. You know, and that's a, that's a great question because, you know, I've written articles in the past um, and trying to pinpoint certain things that I do. And it really just boils down to, like I said, like I said, uh, maybe an hour ago in conversation that I've, you know, I've learned so much by passing animals up way more by passing animals up than I ever have by taking the first animal that I've seen. And I think it boils down to what I've learned by passing those up and it's the confidence, right? So if I'm in archery season, I get an, a bull bugling. It's just the, the confidence that I have that, Hey, I'm going to go, this bull's hot. <clears throat> I got a 50, 50 shot. I'm either, you know, I got a 50, 50 shot to kill that bull. Um, but it's, it, it's the hard work and I'm kind of the guy I do CrossFit. I work out every single day of, of the week. You know, I feel I'm in pretty good shape. I'm going to be 43 this year. Um, but I also feel like I'm the guy that if I didn't work out at all and you dropped me there on September 1st, I'd still make it to the top of the mountain. It's just that drive for, you know, being out there and, and, and going and, and that challenge of chasing that elk and, and, and getting it. So it's hard to pinpoint my go-to tactic. Um, it, it, it basically it's just covering ground. I was just I was I just going to say his go-to tactics is walking 16 miles a day. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've done 25 mile days, and I, I did a 20 25 mile day one time, and I killed an elk on about the 22nd mile. Um, and it, literally, I took off at 2 a.m. and and this is a backcountry thing, covered 3,000 feet in elevation, just basically going to look into lakes at daylight. I was staring into lakes, throwing grasshoppers at the fish, you know, and covering ground. Um, looking for elk and, and that evening about six o'clock, I shot a bull, um, you know, worked him up, got down to the road about midnight, um, turned around and packed him out the next day, uh, next two days. Um, but it's just that challenge of, of covering ground, I guess. I just, I want to see what's over the next ridge. I want to see what's what's in the next drainage. I want to, you know, I, I got little points where I want to be that day and certain times when I want to be there. And, and, and the thing is I've had the luxury of hunting the same unit in the same place for 20 years now. And there's just little benches that I, you know, I'm going to go hit this bench. I'm going to walk by tons of ground to hit this one little bench because year after year, this bench is panned out for me. And so basically I'll walk by six miles of what, where there could be elk that's, in the dark that's no joke. to get to this little bench. That's been really good to me. Um, you know, so it's hard to pinpoint, 
one tactic other than just covering ground and 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 going for it. Yeah, he, he talks about these these benches and that. Yes. <laughs> My buddy Zane will contest. Mark will say, there's a real nice little pretty cedar bench. You're going to go through hell to get there. <laughs> <laughs> when you get there, it's awesome. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> yeah you'll forget about everything. It was, it was that two or three years ago. I think we were probably three, three and a half miles in the trail, and we still hadn't touched our bugle tubes, Mike. Okay, what? what let's, well, hold on. Now we got to go wade the creek and then climb up through these bluffs well, yeah, for fifteen hundred feet. Well, no, that, and then we're in the hill. The, the, <laughs> that bull started bugling. The bull started bugling. Yeah. yeah, the bull bugling. And, what? Maybe 300, 400 yards away. I'm like, oh man, here we go, here we go. And Mark goes, okay, we, we gotta go up here. I'm like, wait, wait, what? He goes, no, we're get, we got to get up to this bench. I'm like, wait, <laughs> what did we climb? A thousand feet elevation. We got up there, and but uh, we ended up spotting that just a giant across the canyon and uh and that's it was, it's funny because he said that 50 50 chance and when he when he said oh we got a 50 50 chance of getting over there i said what of living or dying <laughs> 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 i don't know I, I think we went a quarter mile it took three hours yeah, yeah it was pretty crazy. <laughs> but that was you know it was it was it was late september it was snowing on us but you know i think we got over there and we were we were both in down into our boxer briefs trying to build a fire because, you know, but thing was, I think we were smiling the whole time. You know, it, it was, it was fun. You and know? this is, you know, and I hunt, I mean, what I consider anymore these days is, is a fairly marginal unit. It is, it's backcountry hunting, but it's, it, it, it's still fairly marginal as far as trophy quality and even, even the quantity of animals. Um, and, you know, I've managed to squeeze quite a few decent bulls out of there. So. Uh, you know, I keep going back to the same areas and that's where I take my kids and that's where Matthew goes. And so, um, you know, I just love the country. <clears throat> I love the area. So it's not about having a primo tag. I, I would, I would feel way better or way more accomplished by killing a nice heavy six point of any kind, whether it be a 280 incher or a 310 inch bull in this unit than I ever would by drawing some primo tag in another state and killing a 400 incher. And that's, and that goes back to the challenge because so there's places when I used to hunt Washington that I would not go. I mean, I wouldn't, I'm like, I can't, there's no way I'm not going to cross that drainage. That's nuts. And it's so funny because when I went back there on this rifle tag this year, I crossed one of those drain, I crossed one of those drainages three times going, this is cute, you know, because it's, it's a different, it's a different country when like, like he's saying the challenge of the area we hunt I bet you nine out of 10 people that come hunt it don't ever come back because I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's hard. You have to be mentally, I would and say really not that many elk. No, it, well, and, 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 and an abundance of wolves. So you, you mentally, you know, and physically, it's like Mark said, you, you don't have to be in the best shape of your life to kill an elk. You don't, you don't have to be in the best shape to climb to the top of a mountain, but in this country, you have to be mentally strong. I think. Yeah. Uh, to be able to do it. And, and I'm like that, I think that's where the reward comes out is if you can get one in that country with the wolves and, and the train, uh, man, I, I, that's the reward. And, and just even calling them in, just calling them in in that country is, is, you know, it's a, that's a, you're, think, you're winning. I think I've got what a dozen or so 300 plus bulls out of that unit. <clears throat> um, which is, I think, it's, it's a pretty good accomplishment. Yeah, he's all um, nonchalant about that statement there too. <laughs> well, it's you know, and it's I'm a one I'm guy. a one tag one state guy. I mean, 
that's my share. I mean, I take my share, which is one elk out of that unit, um, out of this area. So, um, you know, like I said, one tag, one state, and then it's on to helping buddies or kids or whatever and throwing a pack on my back and just going. So, so guy, when you just said nonchalant, there's not a single one of those bulls hanging on his wall. They're all just shoved, shoved in the shit. I mean, that's, that's the truth. Mark, Mark's not out there for show. Him, he didn't even have a social media account until I think we started this, right? I mean, it, that's, you know, so you can't call him a trophy hunter, right? We, we go back to that. Right. There you go. There <laughs> but, you go. You know, and that's, he, he enjoys it. And it's, it's, it's so much fun because I've been fortunate enough to be able to learn from him and, you know, and his dad and, you know, our buddy Dirk over here. And so, you know, for me, I have been, I've been fortunate enough. There goes, to, wait, hold on, you know, hold on, hold on, hold on. That yeah. was another nonchalant thing, right? Our buddy Dirk over here. Um, that's just like Mark's statement. Oh, you know, 350 class bulls. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> I haven't killed a 350. Yeah. <laughs> so that was uh, that was a non another nonchalant pass at that, right? I mean, you you can't just go, you know, oh, our buddy Dirk over here, right? Freaking, you know, the bugler himself and be that nonchalant about the shit, man. You know, and, and at the end of the day, just normal guys. I mean, really, I mean, it, we live in a, an awesome community, normal guys. So when I moved over here, yeah, I, I knew, I knew Dirk and Mark from Elk 101. I, you know, I, I did, you know, there was, you know, I was addicted to Elk and, and those guys were, you know, in the in- industry. Um, but, you know, I've been able to learn, you know, and I'll, you know, and I'm still, I learned, shoot, I learned a hundred things a year. Uh, but to be able to have these guys in my back pocket, you know, just for calling and tactics and, you know, Mark in the back country, it's like, you know, I've, I've grew up in the back country pack, uh, you know, backpacking with my dad, but learning, you, you got to enjoy it and learn what you can in the woods. And I've been fortunate enough to have, you know, a surrounding over here. It's just been, you know, I'm, I'm spoiled. Yeah. Hell yes, you are. <laughs> I'm green yeah. with envy, man. <laughs> Shoot. No, they're, they're good people. Dirk's a good dude. <clears throat> yeah i've worked with him for a lot of years and and uh yeah i'm uh, lucky enough to call him a friend and and uh he's helped us out a lot too so yeah that's awesome man that's awesome actually uh up until up until uh jason came out with those pitch blacks man that was my favorite read was that uh that maverick man i was loving that and then i got the pitch blacks and i still love the maverick but i like that number two uh pitch black it's kind of, I think, no, that number two, yeah. Oh, uh, that number two is a good read. I think actually, my my wife was running the Maverick last year. I think she's going to run that number two this year. She's she's getting pretty good on it. Yeah, I really like. So, it. I don't know what it. I don't. I can't figure out the difference because they're they're super similar. Um, I think that they're was, they're they're very 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 similar. Yeah, but I think I don't know. I'm looking at them both right. I have them in front of me here. And I want to say that there's just a little more stretch to that pitch black, just ever so slight. Although this Maverick's pretty blown out. Well, I'll give it just a quick shameless plug. If you uh, if you guys need to try those out, you can jump on the website and uh, <laughs> get them ordered up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, no, we 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 are. We actually just put the pitch black series on the website just last week. So, <clears throat> yeah. So that yeah, kind of brings us. Brings us right back into it. I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. No, go ahead. Mark, 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 Mark was going to say that he he uses he uses <laughs> one, somebody 
you could hand him something. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm going to say. You could hand him a read. Doesn't, Doesn't matter, matter. What the if it works for him. It'll, that's the one. That's right? the one. That's it. So, yeah, I'm on to a Maverick right now. That's the one I buy. I, I can't tell you anything about the rest of them because I haven't used them. It's, so, people come to the show. Yeah. People come to the show and say, "Well, what about this?" And Mark just says, "Ask him." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never. He said, "He said the red one works for me." Yeah, I've never used anything but the Phelps calls. Um, when it comes to elk, I, my my elk experience is is pretty minimal at best, right at this point. Um, but every time he comes out with the read, man, I think I'm buying it just to check him out. I, I have tons of, I have my favorites here. No, well, and, and here's the deal. And I think Mark and I, we're going to use what works best for us. Right. It doesn't matter if it's Primos, Phelps, Rocky Mountain, whatever it is. I will say that I have been completely blown away by the quality of Jason's calls recently. I mean, I it's just, it, it's a, it's a quality call. It's, it is. And so, you know, we're carrying those and, and Mark and I, I think we're going to expand and carry other calls, uh, you know, because here's the deal. No one hunters alike, you know what I mean? And so we want to be able to give back and, you know, and you know, you, you can't do that by carrying one, you know, and, you know, or what are we using? We're, we're both running the Mavericks, you know, we're, we've got, we're running the unleash bugle tube with, uh, it's got our, our, you know, our woodland pattern on there with our logo, but, uh, you know, and I've told Jason and Dirk, I said, well, keep building, keep building quality calls because the thing is, it's like, you know, something new comes out that works better for us. We're not against using it. Right. Right. And like I don't I said, have, everybody. I don't have anything to compare against for myself. Um, I just like the whole Phelps story and how he started and everything. And, you know, watch some of the film with him. And I was like, yeah, this, is, this seems cool. And that's, you know. That's what I've been using the whole time, man. I don't, I don't see any reason to change. Well, and that, that's it, right? You, I mean, if it works, it works good for you, man. Yeah. Use it. Yeah, just roll with it. Roll with it. So, um, mountain ambush offerings, guys. We didn't touch on that, and uh, we kind of started rolling into that with the uh, with the calls there. So, why don't we get uh, get back on mountain ambush and talk about you know, some of the offerings and you guys had something pretty exciting just drop. So hit us with it, with all that. You want it? <laughs> <laughs> well, so with, with mountain ambush, I mean, so we started as a, an apparel line, um, hats, shirts, some sweatshirts, men's, women, children. Um, you know, we've got, uh, Joel Pilchner, one of the you know greatest artists that I believe, and you know, around, especially in the hunting industry, be able to whip us up some pretty awesome designs. Um, and here's the deal, man, doing this, it, uh, it cost a pretty penny, you know, and when you got families, you can't dump, you know, everything you want into it. So, you know, like Mark said earlier, we're starting slow, um, but trying to bring quality stuff back to the consumer, you know, outdoors, men and women, just like ourselves, uh, with me, you know, a little bit different spin on things. Um, does everybody like our stuff? Probably not, but you know, that's, that's one of those gambles. You make a design and you hope people like it. Uh, we started uh, kind of, you know, teamed up with Phelps a little bit. We're running a, a special woodland cover on our on the Unleash tubes, and we're running a handful of his calls now. And like I said, we'll be running some other calls as well, and just kind of growing as we can. Um, so, Mark, well, a few months ago, was kind of playing around with this new backcountry baby tarp design, and I said, man, it sounds like a pretty awesome idea. So we kind of played around a little bit and did some research and Mark did all the legwork on it. And it was kind of his, his baby and brainchild. And, uh, 
it was kind of cool because when we were looking around, we read a lot of forums and uh, people were wanting something with a reflective something on there. And I had a tent that was four years ago sleeping and I couldn't see it for about an hour. I was trying to find it. I was 50 yards away from it. But in a burn, everything looks identical. Um, and, and with a tarp being green and black or a tent being in green and black, <laughs> I was lost. And uh, so Mark did all the leg work and we just launched our new mountain ambush baby tarp and it's a 10 by 10 tarp. It's got a reflective outer. Um, but, uh, and man, that thing glows in the dark. It's, it's pretty special. Yeah, you can see it for several hundred yards with a good flashlight. So, and you know, and, and the, and the thing is, it's, you know, it's on our website, like our mission statement. It, it, in no way do we feel that we're better than anybody else. I mean, there's Mark and I use a lot of other stuff that, you know, that, you know, that are going to be competitors and, you know what? It can hang on our shelves just like our, our stuff can. So in no way is ours better. But what we are trying to do is bring a price point back to, to you know, the outdoorsmen and women. Um, you know, we, we just launched that for sixty nine ninety nine, And really, you're not going to find one under 130 bucks for, for that size, that quality. Um, and you even will be finding them at, at the $300 price point. So, you know... <sighs> I don't, neither one of us are trying to rip people off. We want to be able to give back where we can. So, you know, we can make our dollar on it and everybody else can still save their dollar. And, you know, that's, that's what we're about. Yeah. It's just, no, it's just making products that we, you know, I, I don't want to carry or ever run with stuff that I don't believe in. Correct. So it, it's going to be a product that we use, we believe in, and then we'll promote it and sell it but like like you said i have you know i i'm a budget guy Mm -hmm. i don't have endless dollars to spend on hunting gear so the fact that we can develop and bring stuff that we use that's really good stuff that we use in the backcountry in harsh conditions and stuff that's really tough back to the guys that are just trying to get into this at a good price um that's awesome that's the goal here so yeah, we want people to to be able to get into the hunting, the backcountry hunting, if that's what they want to do, and not, you know, blow their life savings on it. So, um, this is good quality stuff that we're going to use that we believe in. So, if if we don't believe in it, we're not going to offer it. So, the price point on that thing is when I first saw it, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> right? But that's huge, guys, because. The majority of the hunting demographic is blue collar folks, right? So coming in at that price point, man, that is, yeah, that's phenomenal. Um, and then, you know, everybody that's listening, jump on Mountain Ambush and, and check that tarp out. There's a couple pictures, man. Um, and just, yeah, uh, that, that night shot of it is uh, unreal. Yeah, that's a, that's a shout out to my buddy Dane there. I'll throw another plug. Backcountry <laughs> archery out of the Club River Gorge. He did. He he hooked himself with some killer shots there. Yeah, you guys so. uh, should be. I, I uh, rumor mill has it. There's a, a bear paw or something in a picture with that tarp as well coming <laughs> coming down oh, the pike. All right, you the little same little birdie must have. Yeah, said, uh, man. Uh, oh, I got well. Oh yeah, I was uh, I saw that and I was like, that's pretty badass. Yeah. So that was, yeah, we, that was actually, that was the very first tarp that went out um, and uh, knew he was getting Aaron up for a hunt. And so threw on his way and he, uh, 
you, you you know who he is. Oh yeah, yeah we can't say it though. We can't say it. We're, yeah, that hasn't been he's, dropped. He's, man, he's he's a he's a killer. Man, congrats to him. That that gentleman yeah. is a uh, he is a monarch of the mountain. He is. I mean, you want to talk about a beast of a man on the mountain. I mean, to, to travel over a couple states and to get it done like those guys got it done. Uh, yeah, insane. Yeah. No, I yeah, so you know, and I haven't I haven't even talked to him, so I, I can't wait, man. This you know, that's one of the things like Mark and I I think I think we love hearing people's stories. You know, and that's shoot, man. Give us a call. You see us on the street, let us know. You can come to the show. Man, we love talking to you. You know, Hearing, hearing other people's successes is is awesome. So, but you know, and I and I think for Mark and I, the, the uh, getting into that baby tarp that's 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 the start of it for us. I mean, we've got some other stuff kind of brewing in the back of our crazy minds, and and you know, like you said earlier, we're growing at a pace that we want to grow at. Um, you know, because it is it's our family first. It's you know the things we need to do, but. Um, you know, we've, we've got some ideas and like you said, we want to bring stuff that, you know, we believe in and, and, and others can use it at at a reasonable price point. So yeah, I mean, stay, stay tuned. And, and, but the thing is we can't do it without the support we've had. So if people want to still see this come out, you know, it's, it's because of them that we're, we're doing it. So that's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Our goal. I mean, we, we take zero dollars out of this. Correct. You know, each of us. So we just and put it back into the company and hopefully hopefully we can uh keep coming out with some pretty cool stuff um that everybody can benefit from it's about getting back in those blue collar hands man i, I that's yeah that's why i do these tuesday episodes i love that heck yeah 2019 seasons what are what are those looking like well mark kind of said it right one tag um home state but what are we what are we looking at for the kids and <clears throat> So I, I put in, I actually did apply for Utah this year, but <clears throat> I won't, I didn't draw. So I have like 19, 19, 19, 19 points, 19 <laughs> points in Utah. It sounds like Kelly. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, it, and so I'm still probably, like you said, you know, I'm still five or six years away from drawing the tag that I want. So, and, uh, and I'll draw the one tag and uh, someday, you know, and uh go do the hunt and walk away from that but um as far as here in state we we pretty much my kids um and i put in for my dad we put in for elk deer and antelope so um we'll put in for antelope again this year um mule deer southern idaho mule deer tags um possibly an elk tag uh the kids will probably put in for an elk tag somewhere uh, I may or may not. So, uh, just, he I will, just, I'm going to make him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, basically if they draw, I'm all in for them. So, uh, you know, I don't want to draw one and then they draw one at the same time. That's, so, yeah. So I'm fine with hunting uh general, general season. I love it. I love the country. You know, I look forward to it every year. So, but yeah, it's, it's coming fast, isn't it? I mean, we're, we're just now in the, this is the month you actually put in for the state of Idaho. So we have till June 5th um, to apply for tags here. So we won't know until uh, right, right around the 4th of July, whether or not we're, you know, we drew any tags or hunting somewhere new or, or, uh, or going somewhere different. So. And how are you looking, Matt? 
oh, I don't know what, what month are we in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, uh, well, I guess after this call, I'm going to have to work on Mark a little bit and uh, <laughs> pull, pull up and go hunt and uh, start looking at some tags. But no, I, I you know, he touched on it earlier. Uh, antelope. I, I, I would love to go get a few guys together and do an antelope hunt, you know, and shoot, even if it was just an extended weekend, three or four days, just to go down because, you know, you go down with a group of guys that you enjoy, man, that's, there it is. That's, it's a win right there. Right. So, you know, I'd I'd love to do that. I, uh, I just, the meat is awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. Speed. We got one last. Oh, it's great. It's a little bit, a little bit, uh, spongier of a texture but the taste and we made steaks out of the whole animal yeah so i put my wife in for moose tag over here it's actually a fairly easy to draw tag so i'm got my fingers crossed i mean when i say fairly easy you know most states are about two percent i think she's sitting at 67 to 73 percent draw so (laughs) damn so that's uh that's what i've really i've really got my fingers i wouldn't yeah. <laughs> Mark has the worst luck. <laughs> he wouldn't draw it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure there could be there could be three tags and two people put in yeah. for it and he wouldn't get one. Oh. No, I I haven't drawn a tag since two thousand and one and I put in for elk deer and antelope every year in this state. No. But yeah, that's that's on the radar. That's the that's the big one I've got my fingers crossed because I mean it's to be able to have the wife put down and uh yeah i think we'd be going bow with it but we'd see we'll see um so hopefully that pans out um i'll be putting in my daughter for that mule deer tag that mark kids kids have drawn in the past um and then over the counter here in idaho and i tell you what as much as i love my bow that that washington hunt everybody thinks i'm crazy but if if i have a chance so as a as a you know as a veteran i can still hunt washington over there so i'm not i'm not paying that crazy price so just so just so everybody knows i'm not absolutely crazy um but if i can run over there in november and enjoy myself like i did this year or maybe even go over and take a friend's kid with me and just get them up get them up in the woods get them up on the mountain and enjoy it i am really looking at that so uh, and then the last thing on the radar is i don't know we kind of been talking over the last i don't know six months or so, I think we'd like to do a backcountry mule deer hunt, you know, a, a, a later, later backcountry mule deer hunt. So with Mark and I, and you know, that would be kind of, I think after all the kids are done hunting and everything else. So that, that may be on the radar or may not, may not be. So I don't know, lots of, lots of plans and not enough time to do it. Right. Right. And it's that time of year, right? Tags are, tags are getting, uh, applied for but nothing's written in stone yet so yeah and then i mean and then point yeah points i think i'll put in a montana point a wyoming point i think you'll do the same thing for wyoming just a a point there i don't know mark's probably got 36 points there by now but he'll never (laughs) (laughs) one under max from from mule deer in wyoming i think i got seven or eight elk points my dad's actually a max elk points so um Arizona, shoot, I got a lot of Arizona. But like I said, I don't draw anyway. I have to have like, I have to have uh, over max to draw. Yeah, I drew Wyoming with one point. (laughs) (laughs) One point I had and I drew in Wyoming, man. Was that last year? Yeah, yeah. I went for it again. Back in in 2010, I believe uh, 
that was the year I had four points, which was max elk points at that time. And I drew, I drew an elk tag in Wyoming. So, uh, went out with the guys from Gunworks, which was pretty cool. Good group of guys. And we got her done pretty quick. I think second day. So yeah. Wyoming is crazy, man. It's so game rich everywhere you look. It, yeah, it is. It is grizzly bears and elk. Yeah. <laughs> grizzly bears and elk. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me going on damn grizzly bears, man. I was a little reluctant about, uh, going to Wyoming in certain areas because I'm damn grizzlies. The gentleman, oh, man. The gentleman yeah. we were speaking of with that uh, tarp and that bear was giving me an earful of, ear of mess about it, too. Uh, um, we ran into the guy at the Spokane show that got attacked. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, did last you? Year? Yeah, it was last year. Yeah. Showed us his scars, oh, man. Kenny Bob. Yeah. yeah. I remember seeing that on, I think it was on Facebook. And yeah, he comes up to the to the booth and I was like, yeah, I know him. And then, yeah, he started telling us the story. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's just, those are unreal stories, man. Those just like, you, you get chills. Oh, heck. I was up there when that shit happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were? Yeah, there was two. And I'd be screaming like a little girl and running. Yeah. Notch the tag and say, oh, oh sorry. Going See, home. Yeah. That, I mean, you know, the unfortunate, the, uh, they had the attack where the uh, the guide was attacked and he had unfortunately passed. Um, but then there was, you know, the gentleman you guys are speaking of. But yeah, those happened right there, man. I was with within a week of one. And when one, the other happened, I was actually in state at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was that was something, man. Unfortunate. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. Conservation, oh, guys. What, uh, what's your take on it? What should we be doing? Um, give me a, I don't know, one to two minutes each on conservation and, and how we should be serving that as outdoorsmen. All right. Well, you know, I think the big thing for me is, uh, I think, well, yeah, Mark and I are both RMEF members. Um, but, uh, I get, uh, it's, it's crazy. You know, I'm full of you know, elk addicts and I, I love, you know, Chris and he does an awesome job, but it's, when people are fighting and bickering on there against each other, when we should be one voice, you know, you know, the whole public lands thing, sticking up for that. And, uh, you know, what the army does, we should be one voice, you know, representing that versus, you know, what archery hunter versus rifle hunter versus muzzleloader hunter versus, you, you know what I mean? You're trying to make this a five hour podcast. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> You're going for days, but I mean, at the, at, at the end of the day, we're hunters. We're all conservationists. As soon as we buy that tag, we're, we're all doing our part. But, you know, and can we be doing more? Absolutely. But here's the thing is if, if we don't come together as one, we, we're going to lose. You know, there's, there's a lot of people trying to take what we love and this passion away from us. And, and so, you know, I, I believe in supporting you know these groups you know rocky mountain elm elk foundation and and backcountry hunters and anglers and, every, and everybody else but you know guys if you're listening to this don't be judging other people for how they hunt you know you know it takes their own and you know love it and own it and and you know come together quit bickering so there's there's my my rant for <laughs> quick because like you said we, we could go on for for a while uh, that's that's well said. I mean, <clears throat> for me, it's you know there was guys long ago, you know, f fighting for the rights of fighting for everything that we get to do today. So, <clears throat> you know, conservation being 
you know, the sustainability of hunting for my kids and their kids and everybody else's kids is just <clears throat> keep that, keep that positive outlook and keep it going and keep an open mind there. And, and like Matthew said, I mean, it's one, one voice, you know, come together, treat each other respectfully, whether you're out in the woods and there's some other guys parked in your spot, whatever it is, but be, make it, make it a fun, a fun thing, a fun, fun adventure for everybody. Because, you know, in the end, um, that's what we're out there for. I mean, we're out there because we have a good time doing it and we want our kids to do it and we want to pass this all on. So <clears throat> it is important for everybody to be involved in the NRAs and RMEF, uh, backcountry hunters and anglers, you know, all this too, um, coming together and, and talking, talking with each other and having a good time. And it, it really is a pretty small community. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it, and you study the number of elk hunters out there right now. I think it's like 700,000 in the Northwest um, elk hunters. It, it, that's really not that many. No. Um, so, and they said it's actually going down, um, you know, by a certain small percentage um, all the time. So <clears throat> the thing is, this, you know, it'll go down to some point and then we're out, we're really outnumbered. So um, we're, we're trying to just make this the good old days for our kids. And so they can make it the good old days for their kids and, and, and so on and so on. So, yeah, just, uh, you know, keep being involved and keep doing it, keep supporting it where you can. So anything in closing guys, anything that we missed that you want to get out there, any, uh, messages or anything for mountain ambush? I think, you know, just a huge thank you to everybody that's talked to us, bought something off the website, the shows, anything. I mean, again, with, with, without the people, you know, doing that for us, we, we wouldn't be having to talk with you. So, you know, just a huge thanks to them, our families, uh, and you, you know, for, for making this happen. This is, this is something I know (laughs) Mark and I, I don't think we're huge on talking too much. So, at first, when just a uh, couple of nobodies, out right. trying to, yeah. <laughs> you know, I know, you know I actually, yeah, I don't think my wife's actually very happy. We had to come out of the uh, backcountry fishing to uh, to do this. So yeah, she. Uh, <laughs> oh man, don't make me feel bad. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. You know, and and like you know, you've been you were awesome. We were supposed to do this a couple nights ago, and and we were able to reschedule. So now I just appreciate everything, and and uh, you know, and. I bet you it's just been this year I've been getting into podcasts and just a huge shout out to you because it's something, it's, it's something new and fresh and, and like, you, you know, we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but you know, a lot of these podcasts that have been around you know, it's the same script every time. And, uh, so no, it's been a pleasure listening to you and, and, uh, you know, the episodes with the Kong guys, it's just, it's, it's been fun. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys. I appreciate that. Mark, you got anything for us or? No, that's it. Just, we're just a bunch of normal guys. I mean, we all, we have day jobs, we have kids, we have lives, you know, that, that get in the way of hunting. (laughs) (laughs) Damn responsibilities. uh, Right. Darn it. But that's, that's who we are. I mean, and that's who pretty much everybody else is out there in this industry. And and at the end of the who love it and, and, and do it. And that's, that's what's awesome. Cause that's what will keep people, you know, coming to our page and going to their page and, and listening to your podcast. And, you know, it's just, we're just normal guys out there had going through the same struggles as everybody else, you know, to, 
to go out there and have a week in the fall to forget about everything else. So, Well, gentlemen, yeah. I, uh, I appreciate the time greatly. Um, you know, didn't mean to pull you out of the, uh, the fishing trip there, but I do appreciate <laughs> no, it. We've, we've got a whole, we've got a whole nother mother's day. So don't forget that tomorrow. Yeah. She's got a whole nother fishing trip planned. So it'll be fun. Well, I'll let you guys, Oh, I'll let you guys get back to it. And, you know, thank you again. And, uh, yeah, we'll be talking gents. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you guy. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good night. Yep. You can catch up with Matt and Mark on Instagram at mountain underscore ambush and head over to mountainambush.com for the full line of products. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down.